Hot Press Podcast presents all the way from the literary and musical town of Listowel in County Kerry, Backstage at Mike the Pies. A podcast presented by Megan O'Donoghue. You're listening to Backstage at Mike the Pies, the podcast with Megan O'Donoghue. I'm joined with Brian Deedy. Thanks a million for joining us on Backstage at Mike the Pies. So I suppose, where did the music begin for you, Brian? Um... Well, I started singing when I was about 16, 17, and I started doing, myself and my brother were doing covers, singing in bars around Skibbereen, yeah. where I grew up, and then um, I moved to Cork, and then I you know, picked up the bass, tried playing bass for a bit, and just slowly started writing songs over the years, and one thing led to another, and I think maybe maybe the last 10, last 14 years I think I've been kind of on that path yeah fairly consistently like but I mean growing up it was my parents record collection and whatever was on the radio that that was where I got my musical education at the start yeah who did you love to listen to uh Elvis Abba Roy Orbison The Prodigy uh Dr. Dre a great mix yeah yeah that's a fine mix right there yeah, the whole lot yeah it's kind of your parents coming in there a few influences and then of course your own dr Dre and, and then that that wave of music came in i loved that and yeah and then from there i started because there was a lot of samples in the dr Dre music and then i realized oh that's this song and that's that song so then yeah. that got me into soul music and then you know just like Picking, taking apart what I've learned about music and trying to understand it and then trying to make something that I like to hear. Yeah. Which is the goal, like. And you mentioned Elvis as well. What did you yeah. like about Elvis? Well, we used to go down to the um, the video store and every weekend, my brother was a huge, my older brother Ray was a huge Elvis fan, but we used to go down and, and rent the um, Elvis Eloa from Hawaii special yeah. every weekend and just watch it the whole weekend <laughs> and then drop it back. I don't even know if we bother dropping it back. Sure, they knew we were going to be back there the next weekend. The following weekend, three yeah. Three nights for a pound or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, Elvis See, was big Those in our were house. the days, even going back, even getting a DVD for the weekend. Yeah. Not even a DVD. Not even a, a video. DVD. Turn <laughs> your age, turn it Yeah. How does the song process then go for you? Uh, it's it just depends. It could be yeah. it could be a lyric or a word that I really like that means something, and then I I'll try and develop that or find out what that means, or else it could be a melody, or yeah. it could be a bass line or anything. I kind of just hold on to little bits, and then they just need to be kind of explored and worked at. And you never know where it's gonna come from, and yeah, that's that's kind of how I run it. You don't, you kind of have a vague idea of what's going on, but you don't try and kind of nail it down too fast. You just kind of let it have its own life. Yeah. So I try and do that softly, softly, catchy monkeys, they say. Yeah. So I try and do that, but sometimes it's a pain in the ass. And yeah, of course. But yeah, take take it one step at a time and. I like I like building up sorry. I like building up little ideas and just seeing because you could have a an idea that didn't work from 
three months ago or a year ago and it could be a small idea and then being you find the right little piece yeah and then you it starts to kind of make sense yeah that's the next big thing yeah and then it's it's like trying without trying it's that that weird thing where you don't want to push too hard and force it yeah it's like falling in love with something i suppose that brings me on into my next question really is how would you describe your sound Depends on when you ask me and what day and what album I'm in, but right now, looking right forward, now, I, so yeah, hopefully a brighter future. Yeah, it's um. Right now, I'm taking things from country and folk and techno, and eighty cents, and trying to find a way of, which are the things I'm most probably most influenced by in, in terms of like where my growing up with music yeah and i'm trying to find a way of understanding that and that's always been the goal as, as they go forward like so yeah right now it's country techno folk god knows what else jeez you would have great nights with us the music tech in college yeah going back oh jeez you would have fit it straight in yeah. <laughs> um and then i suppose looking at the irish music scene at the moment any collabs on the horizon or anyone that you'd love to do a collab with not, not currently. I've I've never really thought about it. I mean, just every now and again, I'll write with other writers. It doesn't happen very often, but sometimes I I like to just try out writing with other people just to keep that side of it fresh, because where you could be weak, that other person could be strong, and vice versa, and you never know what's going to come out of that. Mm. So you kind of go in there with no expectations, and if you're surprised, you're surprised, but. I think lately just working on my own and doing some work with the lads as well is, is more than enough for for what I need right now, you know. Yeah. And of course you weren't alone tonight, Mike the Pies. You had two two bios with you. I had two boys from up the town, yeah. Rory McCarthy and Stephen O'Brien. They've been with me for years and years, so Yeah. It's great to have and actually, it's one of the things I missed was just, just playing music with the lads and the, the friendship that you have and true music. So it's been great to get a bit of that rolling again. Yeah, of course. And I suppose this year kind of shown, 2020 showed different, I suppose, way that musicians adapted in Ireland in, in the music industry you know, yeah. and across the board, really. How did it impact on you? I mean, of course, you missed playing just on the stage with the two lads. Yeah. What else? Cash. Yeah. Huge cash. Obviously. Huge, huge amounts of cash. I think just this having that thing that you're focused on a, a particular thing and it has to happen. And there's your dates and you go off and you do it. I mean, the, at the moment, it's just like how long's a piece of string and you know you don't. It's just nice to have goals to work towards and then you get there and you go okay that's that that's that developed what's what's next and then you go on to your next tour or something like that so yeah i think that's probably the thing is that 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 level that type of structure so now i'm you know we're all just kind of at our own devices trying to constantly motivate ourselves and um you know i genuinely think in in, in creative work that you, you know it's you're, you're putting energy out into things that you're yeah. working with but you need to get that energy back in otherwise you know, you need to get that, that cycle of energy going. And that's where you kind of, I think that's where it's tough at the moment is mm. that 
you may be working on stuff and creating stuff but you still need new ideas to come in like so and that's one of the things you kind of get from gigging or yeah just having fun with the musicians and yeah even by sharing what you have at the moment even when you hear it on stage you might hear something else going off in your head yeah because one that's it that's that's exactly the thing one yeah. thing can lead to another and you never know where exactly. it's going to come from like yeah and when you were here at Mike the Pipe before uh, you did a version of Eloise in for Unplugged yeah what was that like kind of bringing that to a whole new life just a lot of fun yeah we loved doing those especially because there was maybe five or six of the lads in the band and surrounding you yeah so yeah. we have all those vocals and we get to just enjoy kind of improvising with that and that that's another kind of creative thing that's just fun to do and be involved in so it's good crack i think boney was there as well or bonesy or boney 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 was there everyone sure. loves boney yeah we love boney as well Betty, 
Um, and then for your last album, you moved to Memphis. Yeah, me and the boys went over to Memphis uh, last uh, September and we just recorded in the studio to tape the old way. Yeah. We had a week to do it and it was, you know, it was really inspiring to be there. But, you know, every day we kind of had, we really had to get it done. There was no like, oh, we'll go back to the studio next week or in two weeks. So. Yeah. So the pressure was on, but it it worked, and and it was great to have all the lads there, and we were all staying in the same house. We rented a Airbnb house just in Midtown, and it was just an experience, and that experience is being captured by that record. So and it'll always be that. Yeah. So that was class. Yeah, and you mentioned kind of taping the old way. Yeah. I suppose for the listeners out there, yeah, what so was that like? So like now you have digital where you could record to a laptop or something like that and you have the uh, luxury of being able to go I don't like that word or can we just drop me in on that line but in tape you have to just do the whole thing. Yeah, you can't, you can't go back. You can't go back, no. So <laughs> And it, you, you cannot, like you can say that I didn't like that take, you just had to go and do the whole thing all over again. Yeah. So you're much more focused, you have to be much more in the moment. So you don't have that thing in your mind of, oh, we'll do, we can just do that later and yeah. stuff like that. So it, for me, it was the first time I'd recorded like that uh, for that long. Like, so yeah. So set the scene so in the studio. Was it you? Did you all record together in the one room? Yeah, we yeah. were doing, we had a kind of work like that. And everyone was just set up. It was a big, beautiful studio. And we were just ready to go. Let's go. Yeah. Let's make it work, and you should have seen us on the last day. It was, it was like a scene out of Father Ted where you're just playing that fucking fucking note. <laughs> but uh, it was yeah, it was pretty, it was very memorable, and we we kind of we filmed the whole thing as well because we wanted it to be that's class, yeah. We wanted it to be kept, yeah. So uh, yeah, it was brilliant. It was a great time. Yeah, feels sounds like, it. Feels like years ago. But you wish it all could happen all over again. The heat in Memphis at that time was just too much for me. I just, thank God for aircon, I was just dying. <laughs> when I think about Memphis now, I think about the heat. But yeah, I'm coming from a typical brilliant. Corkman now yeah. that's used to yeah. the, the lovely rain and everything. The humidity, <laughs> cruel. 
What's the most powerful song then for you to perform live? In your own opinion. Um, that's a tough one. It depends. Like it used, it changes because of some songs I did that are really powerful that I don't do anymore. Yeah. So. I think songs more of the ballad stuff. I think people really kind of resonate with that, and some some of the rock stuff as well. You could really feel that energy in the room. So like, it, I don't really have one, but on the night you play a, a gig, and on the night you go, boom, that was the yeah, that was the moment where everything crystallized there, and then that might be different than again on the other night, you know. So you just got the feeling. Yeah. 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 You just it changes all the time. It's like asking me what's my favorite song. I never know. I can never pick a favorite song. Oh, no, I can actually. I got my Spotify results. Yeah. It tells you what. Do tell. Uh, it's a, uh, the band Steely Dan. Mm. It's one of their songs, basically, that I've just listened to the whole year long. That's becoming a bit of a problem, like, because I'm not really listening to any new music, but I'm happy with it. Any, any bit of cheese inside there? Oh, loads. Loads. Yeah, the, this... Steely Dan are the king of cheese. Do you know Steely Dan at all? Well, they're what they they're basically two guys. Well, one of them went off in the eighties and did a solo album, and it's really schmaltzy. Really? Yeah, it's really. But it's like a jazz pop album, but it's funny. It's just it's a it's got a sense of humor that album, <laughs> which I love about it. Um. No, it absolutely killed me. Behind the lens tonight, I was just there when you started with clap out my hands. Yeah. I was there. My legs were going. <laughs> I had the whole space to move and dance. Yeah. And I couldn't because I had to control the camera for yeah. the live stream. <laughs> it's tough, tough work. Yeah. But clap with my hands. I mean, it was totally different performance tonight, of course, because there was no audience. Yeah. But you really felt it, the three of you on stage. Cool. Putting it out. Tell well, us. I got it anyway. Yeah. And what's clap my, both my hands? What's the storyline to that? I just got up off the couch one day and I just pressed record and that's what came out mm. literally that's just what happened and then I just went back and I just looked at um, the hand clap thing and the tension that's building in the verse and then that release yeah and for me it's like just trying to find a way to do what you want to do yeah and then the chorus is just like well fuck it I'm going to do the way I want to do it and obviously it's different for everyone, but that's where it came from for me, like. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's just it just happened like that. It was just written very very fast, and I didn't think actually what actually happened was I recorded a little bit of it, and then I didn't. It was just in my head for about three days okay. straight, and I didn't. I was maybe feeling a bit lazy at the time, and I didn't really want to get into the nitty gritty. Mm. And then I just said, all right, okay, I'll, I'll fucking do this song. Get it over your head. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it, yeah. A bit of nostalgia kind of coming back to me there now. My aunt heard your song on the radio, and that particular song, and she uh, she was asking me, and she was there trying to reenact. She was, <laughs> she was trying to reenact the thing, and she was like, what's the song? I was like, I don't know. She was there clapping and everything, like I get it. And then we were, I was at home and it was a Friday evening. I was just home from college and she texted me, turn on your radio now. <laughs> and that's how I got the song. Really? And I was able to tell her then what it was. And she went out then and she got 
She bought herself. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it was mad how it took off, you know. It's just one of those things at the time that just seemed to connect. Yeah, and what was it like then kind of getting the radio play for that? Well, I never had that radio play like that before, so it was completely new and you didn't know how to gauge it, but it was very exciting. Yeah. It was a really exciting time, going from kind of where I had been, which was pretty much just working away on an album, you know, just, just kind of hidden away and then doing all that stuff was, was kind of a big jump, like, so it was really, really exciting, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Yeah. There's a bit of discourse going on on stage here. We're not, there's not discourse of words, it's just eyes looking at each other going, is that, is that, is that, is that, uh, yeah, we missed that one. When you're an accomplished musician, you get good at eye daggers. Oh, you daggers going flying around, <laughs> flying around the stage. Well, that ever won't let clap on my hands, clap on my hands.
what's next in store for Brian Deedy? I suppose looking down the line. I know you were saying earlier on, I suppose about twenty twenty yeah. about how long is a piece of string. Yeah. But what would you like to happen in the next few years for you? Well, I don't like um, at the moment. I'm doing a new album, so that's all I've been thinking about for the last six months. Yeah. Pretty much every day, I haven't really thought about much beyond that and and I think it's a good time not to think too far ahead mm-hmm. and and just try and enjoy what you're doing yeah I think once once kind of this stuff kind of passes and you know you get out there gigging again that you can have a bit more structure in your your you know gigging life or, or whatever that then you know be a good time to make plans but I don't it's not really much of a time to make plans. I just, I'm just lucky to be able to be, making have the freedom to make more music and put it out when I want it and, and just pursue that and. Hopefully, next year we'll do festivals and all that crap will be happening again. So. Touch wood. Yeah. Yeah. So as you said already, it's not your first time with pies. What kind of gives you that feeling of love coming back to Mike Pies and performing? I think I'm being on the stage and having those moments in songs throughout the set that you feel like you can feel that audience just clicking, clicking in mm. to the sound. That's I think that's 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 the thing for me is that just and it may not be f- even for a whole song you you'll come off and you 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 know we'll we'll talk afterwards so what was that like what was that like but and you you feel oh you got that you got that moment or you yeah that's exactly what I was thinking at that time it's that it's that thing where it's almost like telepathy things come together mm-hmm. that's what you're hoping for from any live gig definitely yeah that's it much really isn't it yeah. Just yeah. to, and that's that's what we want as an audience member. We want to go to a place and feel like we're part of something, mm. and that's a, you know, that's what I like to hold on to. That's what I like to focus on when I'm making music. Is the how do you just find a way to connect with the gra- the, the larger people that the sense of what's in the room how yeah. does that lock in yeah and when you have that you have that great sense of peace and yeah. fun yeah and i suppose the focus as well doesn't matter who comes in to see you on the stage no matter what's going on in their lives or whatever yeah for them i suppose to switch off and just click yeah with, I, with the music and i love to see that different age groups and different types of people that you wouldn't even necessarily put together in a, a room but they're there and they're somehow unified by the sound so that's a great thing to be able to do like yeah. and that's that's what you hope for all the time every time you put out music so so I suppose we're coming up to the end of the podcast now of Backstage at Mike the Pies I have to ask you where would you rather be? oh I'd rather be, um, can I say anything but Mike the Pies? Not really. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can if you want. I'd rather be Mike the Pies.
Actually, yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> Thanks a million, Brian. Thank you. Thanks. This is another new song, and it's about how we're like. Obviously, this year has been tough, and but what I realized was that we're we know how to be busy, but we don't really know how to do feck all very well. And I'm gonna start giving classes on that soon, so it's called feck all.
Backstage at Mike the Pies was produced and presented by Megan O'Donoghue for Hot Press Podcasts.